Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, powered by Jetro. Each week, we bring extremely valuable accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and putting more money in your pockets. Here's your host. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Mike Jezoshek, and I'm a CPA and founder over at Jetro, an innovative accounting firm servicing small business owners across the country. Today I have Dan Petrion from Avalara, and Avalara is, and Dan will go into this a little bit more details, but Avalara deals with sales tax. And on this podcast, we oftentimes get listeners that send messages in that are asking, hey, I'm a small business owner, what do I need to know about sales tax? So that's exactly kind of what we're going to be talking about in this, in this episode, digging in kind of what are the things that you need to know as a business owner to make sure that you're staying compliant on the sales tax side. So Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. So give us a little bit of intro. As we start to kind of talk about this, um, you know, talk about sales tax and get into the conversation, just give a little background about yourself, Avalara, kind of what you guys do so that our audience knows kind of the experience that you have and, and the value that you're going to bring when it comes to this sales tax piece. Okay, excellent. Uh, you know, personally, uh, I come from the direct marketing field. I've been an entrepreneur for years prior to working with, uh, with Avalara. It has been a, a very pleasant experience in learning how significant sales and use tax issues are. Avalara is uh, a firm that was founded in 2004. We have over 1,700 employees. We are a publicly traded company under the stock, uh, stock symbol of AVLR. We uh, are global in nature, 15 offices worldwide. We handle everything from domestic of course, domestic sales and use tax issues and automation, as well as uh, the international marketplace, which can be just as complex as the United States. Mm -hmm. So you're in good hands when you're at least speaking with us as far as finding out uh, any kind of uh, jurisdictional requirements that you may or may not have. Uh, the great thing about work is you can reach out to Jetro and they can set up a brief uh, discussion with us. It's not sales related. It's just uh, finding out what your business is and whether or not we can help at all. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, really why we love partnerships like this is that, um, you know, we're kind of a general accounting firm um, during bookkeeping, taxes, payroll, those types of things. But when it comes to sales tax, since we work with clients all across the country, it's extremely hard for us to have a, a good pulse for a smaller firm on sales tax laws in, in every jurisdiction, every state, and then every city down into it. Um, and so this is exactly why uh, I wanted to bring you on. And I always tell people, if you're looking at sales tax, if you're looking for information on sales tax, you've likely have heard of Avalara, jumped on one of their uh, podcasts or webinars or um, have read an article on their website. So they're, they're kind of one of the leaders in the space. So, you know, it's, I'm really honored to be able to bring you on to the show and, and, and kind of dive into this topic. So just to kind of start, um, when, when we're talking about sales tax, the biggest thing that comes up is Nexus. So do I have Nexus? Where do I have Nexus? So kind of explain that idea of Nexus. What is Nexus? What does it, why does it matter for a small business owner and kind of what in, what's entailed in that area? Okay, excellent. Uh, an absolutely excellent question because the marketplace has changed so drastically as a result of uh, the recent Wayfair decision by the Supreme Court. Let me kind of go into this a little bit to give you some context on what Nexus was 
and what Nexus is and how it's impacting the, the small business person. Okay. Uh, the original decision from the Supreme Court was, was called the Quill decision. And the Quill decision basically said that a, a firm that was out of state could market and sell within another state and not have to pay sales and use tax. Well, as you can imagine, that really exploded the deficits that the states were, were experiencing as far as being able to collect sales and use tax to the tune of about $50 billion a year that they were losing because they could not charge an out-of-state firm uh, sales and use tax. Mm -hmm. Then you had the decision, the Wayfair decision of uh, July of last year, and where the Supreme Court basically said that that Quill decision was moot and Nexus was now to be defined by uh, not whether or not you had a presence within a specific jurisdiction. Now, keep in mind, there are over 12,000 jurisdictions in the United States alone. <laughs> you have uh, states that will have upwards of five, 600 jurisdictions. Each of those jurisdictions has specific requirements. The states, though, have defined what they will define as nexus for a company. And it usually is based around the number of transactions that you have within a state and or the, the, the dollar volume, the revenue that you've received from selling within that state. So what's amazing about it is regardless whether you're a small, medium, or large business, there's a good chance that you've got a nexus exposure. Now, what happens with nexus? Nexus basically says that you have an obligation, if you've established Nexus within a state, you have an obligation to collect sales and use tax or file, at the minimum, file and register within the state. Well, as you can imagine, this has really created a, a great deal of confusion and to some degree chaos. And uh, that's what Avalara really excels in, is being able to, to analyze whether or not you have Nexus as a small business and whether you don't, whatever your jurisdictional requirements are. So my, I think more than anything else that I leave you with on this, this, this broadcast is do not hesitate to ask the questions that you need to ask on whether or not you have Nexus. And the great thing about Jetro is you can work with them. They can set up a call briefly with us. We can dis, uh, discern whether or not you do have Nexus within jurisdictions. Uh, even if you're outside, you know, you're inside the state, you know, in your particular state and don't market across state boundaries. You want to take a look at what your statutory requirements are. So Nexus essentially is you've established a presence within a jurisdiction and that requires you to collect sales and use tax or a minimum register and file. Now, Nexus could be defined as going to a convention. It could be defined as having an employee uh, located within a So all these elements kind of combine to this this confusion that we can kind of cut through that and see whether or not you do have any exposure. Got it. So I am, you know, Joe product owner and I'm selling this product, um, you know, within my state, I have maybe employees located around other states. I'm selling it out of state as well. The best bet or the best uh, starting point to say, okay, I think I have sales tax. I don't know. The best it's kind of set up is to say, let's talk to Avalair. Let's do a Nexus exposure study or find out, you know, where we have Nexus and, you know, kind of what our exposure risk is. Yeah. That, oh, definitely. And, you know, the great thing, Mike, is that, um, you know, working with Jetro, uh, we have a, a tool 
that we utilize that snapshot as to whether or not you have uh, if you have nexus and the, the one thing I do want to broach with everybody here um, and I know we want to kind of keep it on, on, a, on a, a surface level is not only do you need to worry about nexus um, you need to worry about the fact that there are 12,000 jurisdictions and, and worry is probably too strong a word you need to be concerned about and take a look at the fact there are 12,000 jurisdictions in the United States. Last year alone, there were 100,000 statute changes. And you have each state, roughly as an average, 50% of their bottom line revenue is generated by sales and use tax. So they're very intense. They're very concentrated, the state auditors, in finding those extra dollars that they can use for infrastructure. So what you want to be able to do is, is know whether or not you do have any kind of risk. Got it. Makes sense. So let's say we do an exposure and we, we have a business, I'm selling this product and we find out, yep, I do have Nexus in these three jurisdictions or these 20 jurisdictions or whatever it might be. Um, what's kind of the next step from there? So, you know, I know I need to be collecting sales tax. Now what do I do? Excellent. That's an excellent question. After we've done a, a more in-depth analysis of the business model, uh, we can come back with some uh, proposals number of proposals that are tier-based uh, that'll essentially alleviate that problem. Now, um, the one thing you need to be aware of is, is Avalara is, is, as I said before, global in nature. We've been around since 2004. Uh, we are integrated with, I think there's over 750 uh, integrations. And what I mean by an integration would be uh, perhaps your, your, your software system is Sage, perhaps it's uh, you know, it's Microsoft. It could be any number of uh, of connectors that are using that you're using on your ERP system or your point of sales. We are integrated. The great thing is that we're integrated with 750 uh, of those in, of those needed integrations, and so it's basically just a function of usually just a, a switch that we turn on. Uh, we identify any kind of SKUs, any kind of rules that you may have as far as sales use tax. And you're up and running in between 30 and 60 days. So it's a pretty painless process. The only, the only, uh, the only aspect that we require when we're working with an integration is that input and that, that information from you as to how you want it formatted. Mm -hmm. No, that makes complete sense. And I think, you know, as you do these exposures, do you ever run into companies that maybe should have been collecting sales tax in certain jurisdictions but haven't been? And oh, yes. how does that look as far as, do you go back? Do you fix it going forward? What is kind of the idea or thought process when you're determining that? That's a great question. And it's a question that's, that's really salient because you may not be aware that you are required to collect sales and use tax, as Mike said. Um, so what you want to be able to do is if you should have been collecting sales, sales taxes and you haven't been collecting them within a jurisdiction, what you can do through Avalara and our um, uh, uh, tax specialists, I would have to say, is you can file, there's all sorts of waivers that states will, will use. You can actually make the state aware that you, you haven't collected sales and use tax and you, you know, you're working on it right now. What this does basically, it takes away the incentive for the state to come in and give you an audit. Um, and as a result, let me just kind of touch into 
to certain things that states are utilizing. Um, if you are a business that is B2C or even B2B, um, you may be or have collected what, what are called exemption certificates, okay? And the reason I bring this subject up is because the states are looking as hard as they possibly can to come in and audit almost every business because they know that they'll find mistakes. So uh, I'll give you a, if you don't, Mike, would you like me to give you a, a real quick story on, on how aggressive the states are becoming? Yeah, let's, let's do that. Okay. So I was actually on a flight. I'll make the story really short. I was on a flight between, uh, between Detroit and uh, Chicago, and I was sitting next to a gentleman who was having a meltdown. And he, uh, he turned to me after we flew up, and he said, look, I, I've got to ask you something. He said, I, I apologize for um, you know, being so vocal when I was talking on the phone, but he said, have you ever heard of exemption certificates? And I wasn't wearing anything Avalara, and I turned to him and handed my business card, uh, we spent the next 45 minutes talking. What he ran into was his company, about a four or five hundred million dollar firm based in Boston. He had just sold a uh, their product to Salesforce Building in San Francisco. He was in his office there in San Francisco, and a California auditor walked in, asked for a specific exemption certificate. Now, an exemption certificate is basically you are either a manufacturer or a distributor, you're distributing to somebody who is going to resell your product. You want that exemption certificate to be in your hands so that you can prove that you do not have to collect sales and use tax. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, most firms do not really maintain that data and the states know this and they're using it as an excuse to come in and audit an entire company. And what happened with this gentleman was the California auditor came in, asked for a specific exemption. They could not find it. He called me back later, two weeks later, and said that their CPA said that their audit for California was going to cost $65,000. Wow. And he was not too happy about it because it was a single piece of paper. And the great thing about Avalara is we automate that entire process. And we make it so we verify it, we validate it, we make sure that it's cloud-based, that you could just give it to an auditor and he can walk out the door and you could feel assured that you have got the right documentation in their hands. So what's the end of the story? Well, he literally, I said to him, I said, well, that's not your only problem. The problem is they all talk to each other. What do you mean by that? That's, well, it's quite simple. State of Texas talks to the state of California back and forth and he literally was dumbfounded and six weeks later their total bill came to over four hundred and fifty thousand dollars because the other states jumped in to find out if they were current with their sales and use tax also as far as exemption certificates and it was all because of one piece of paper so what the reason i i talk about that story is don't play with this if you've got questions reach out to jetro um and we're more than happy just to sit down and say okay here's what we think you know you're your exposure may or may not be. Yeah. So the idea behind it is that even if you're selling to another business and you don't necessarily have to collect sales tax because you're not selling to the end consumer, um, the idea behind it is that you still have work to do on the sales tax side. And that's these exemption certificates, correct? That is correct. That is correct. And they have to be accurate. It used to be, you know, coming out of the direct marketing business the way I did, we used to have exemption certificates in a shoebox. And, and I can guarantee you that none of them are correct. 
Um, nowadays, they'll come in, take a look at an exemption certificate, and if the telephone number is wrong, that will give them the, the authority to conduct a company-wide audit, and it's what you don't want to do. So you, you don't want to kind of mess around with it. You want to automate the, the entire process. And, and when you think about automation, Mike, you know, a lot of companies use payroll services, okay? And the reason they use payroll services is because the laws and the statutes and the restrictions are, are constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And so why mess with that? And I think that um, uh, Chairman of the Board, I think, was, I think it was General Motors, Welch said basically if, if, you, if it's not a core function of your business, what you're doing, if it's not a core function, automate it, have somebody else, a third party do it. And, and it's the same thing as payrolls as with sales and use tax. Yeah. And I think that's a good point because we always talk about that when it comes to payroll. We say payroll used to be a big headache. You might even have a 10 person team, a small insurance company or whatever it is. And you have one person that all they do is payroll. And those times have just changed. That process between technology has made it so much simpler. And, and I think that's a really good comparison when you're talking about sales tax is that there's technology, there's systems in place that can make this process so much easier that you don't need to have that staff person on, on, you know, in your team to manage it because, especially if you're a small business, because there's technology and various software that you can kind of hop on and take advantage of that. Absolutely. You know, when it comes to exemption certificates, is that something typically that whoever you're selling to is providing that certificate to you? You are, well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, if you are a B2C business, let's just take an example. Um, you're a forestry company and you've got a small forest or, or a better example would be a small mom and pop operation uh, working either out of the garage or working out of a very small office is distributing products to wholesalers. Okay. Well, since you're, you're basically B2B, you want to make sure in that particular case, you want to make sure that you have a tax exemption certificate on file on anybody that you are doing business with when you're selling your product to them on a wholesale basis, okay, or a distributor. And you want to make sure that that exemption certificate is correct. And what I mean by correct, address is correct. The individual that's responsible is their name is spelled correctly. Their telephone number is right. All these are issues on a small piece of paper that in the case that I just gave you, if you didn't have it, which they didn't, cost them over four hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars. And I only say this, and not to scare anybody. I'm just saying that the states have become incredibly aggressive in the collection and monitoring of sales and use tax. And why worry about it when you have a solution that's available to you? And at the same time, you do not want to have, if you got tight resources within your organization. Why not take that resource that was normally dedicated to, in the case of payroll or in calculating sales and use tax on a monthly basis, that time can be spent on their core business generating revenue versus an expense. Yep. No, and, and, and I think that makes complete sense. And I, I, I do like that payroll kind of reference there. Um, now, when we're talking about sales tax, in general, is there any type of product or service in which you do not need to collect sales tax. So let's say you're providing some type of service. Is there any in general um, types of services that 
do not require any kind of sales tax to be included on your invoices? Uh, boy, I tell you, that that's a question that, I mean, I would have to say no. Um, and again, I'm not offering any tax advice, but um, nonprofit organizations, uh, historically nonprofit organizations have felt that they don't have to collect sales and use tax because they are quote unquote a nonprofit. Unfortunately, a lot of nonprofits have a website. And in that website, they're generating income. They're generating, they're selling t-shirts, they're selling hats, they're setting up meetings, they're charging for books. Anything where you are charging a fee to somebody to utilize a product or service that you have, uh, you need to be aware of what your statutory requirements are on sales and use tax, mm -hmm. regardless if you're a small business or not. And, and Mike, let, and let, me, let me make one real quick point here. That Amazon is such a, a it has had such an impact on retail sales. Um, if you look at the Quill decision, it actually created, was helping in creating Amazon because Amazon didn't have to pay sales and use tax until now they do. And then one of the reasons that the, the new decision was made, the, the Wayfair decision, was because you take a look at Amazon. I've got a very good friend of mine who runs a small business out of his garage, literally. And they do rather well. Uh, his wife had developed some a product, a skin-related product, and they sell a lot of it. And we were sitting down talking about it, and he said, look, I don't pay that much in sales and use tax. He said, we, but we're doing really well. I said, well, how are you distributing your product? How are you selling it? And he goes, we go through Amazon. And I stopped him right there. And the reason was because Amazon currently has 50 warehouses glo uh, globally uh, and in the United States. Each of those warehouses that he has his product in, he has established Nexus. Mm -hmm. So he was responsible for knowing where the sales are going, where they're coming from, and what his risk is because he has gotten his product warehoused in Amazon, and Amazon is distributing it but they're distributing it within the area of their jurisdiction. So he may have, and he did have, Nexus in 35 states where he didn't think he had Nexus in any. And his reason was because of his distribution model through Amazon. So the technology of today has been really effective in, in helping us market and sell and, and generate revenue. At the same side of that coin is it also has exposed us to uh, – the, the vagaries of sales and use tax collection and state auditors. Yeah. Well, and I think one thing that's good to know about sales tax is generally stating it's not something that the company has to foot the bill. So if you go from no sales tax to now you're charging sales tax, it's just kind of you're the intermediary between it. So your customer is paying that sales tax. And I think in general, customers are used to paying sales tax. So that's not coming by a surprise to them. Um, but that's just one thing to consider is that the actual customers paying the sales tax, you're just the intermediary that's then distributing it to the specific jurisdiction that needs that money. Um, but you don't, you're not actually footing that bill necessarily directly from your business unless you 
kind of wrap it into your price somehow. Uh, but I think that's a key distinguisher to think about is that when you're looking at a sales tax nexus, the best part is just making sure you're getting it right. You're doing yes. things the right way. Yes. It's not you that's actually going to end up having to foot that bill. And so I think that's a, a, a key thing to think about as a business owner is that um, where you do get stuck in sticky situations is if you were supposed to be collecting sales tax, you weren't now and you get an audit. Now that's where things get a little bit stickier because you didn't collect that sales tax that you were supposed to collect. That's, that is correct. And, and the great thing about Avalara is we have a defense, a tax defense team when you're utilizing our services uh, for anybody if they're getting audited. Um, we're a full sales use tax. We do VAT, VCT. We handle just about any kind of tax related situation that you're going to find yourself into vis-a-vis either B2C or B2B. So, uh, we've got you covered all the way across the board. And the great thing is, is that once you automate it, it's, it's, you can just kind of forget it. But one of the things we all do, and, and, and Mike brought this up is look, if you've, if you're collecting sales and use tax, we even go so far as we can, we can file your sales and use tax. We can handle your returns. And, and if you're talking about filing returns and, and, uh, and registering in multiple locations and you've got one person that's working it, they're going to be pulling their hair out. Mm -hmm. And that's the great thing about Avalara is that we can do that entire process for you. If you've got, if you've got Nexus in 50 locations, we will handle 50 returns and filings for you. We will manage it. You'll authorize any kind of a, a payment um, and we'll monitor it. Yeah, no, and, and that's good. And that's, again, kind of going back to that payroll. I think a lot of times people don't see the connection with sales tax, but uh, they think they can, it's something they can just research and handle themselves. Uh, but at the same time, when they're running payroll, they're running through a company. And so I think that that's a key indication is that there is things that make this whole process a lot easier. And it's just utilizing what's available to you um, and trusting the experts that they kind of know this stuff. And that's what we've done in our firm is that we could do sales tax, you know, in our firm and, and understand, try to understand all these jurisdictions, we could attempt to do that. But that's not, that's not what we do. You know, we help business owners save taxes. We help business owners have good financials. That's our focus. Sales tax is not our focus and we don't have the bandwidth to really make it our focus. And so that's where we have partnered and trusted ourselves with experts that that's all they focus on. That's all they work in because we know that they're going to provide the best um, output for it versus us trying to kind of create that in our limited capacity. Um, that's great. No, that's great. Uh, because you, you know, your expertise is in an area um, you don't, most firms don't want to dive into sales and use tax. It is just uh it's constantly changing. We have 170 people that all they do every day is just monitor sales and use tax changes within uh, not only the United States, but globally. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about our system is that it is constantly updated uh, on a real-time basis. Uh, we recently had Black Friday. We had, um, we had uh, you know, Computer Monday or whatever we, we call it. And um, our network center, uh, we had no downtime whatsoever. Uh, our response rate for any kind of an ERP or POS system was, was in, 
just a few milliseconds. There was no delay whatsoever. A lot of firms can't handle that because of the volume of business. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a, an, a, a dedicated network center here in Seattle that all they do is monitor traffic, sales and use tax, and updates. Yeah. So, you know, kind of uh, one question getting back to the sales tax piece is that let's say I have a product and I'm just a local, I'm making earrings or I'm making something to craft that's locally done. Um, and I happen to sell a $40 product to a company across state lines. Is there a certain amount where sales tax is not required? So if, if I'm, if I'm selling really low volumes, let's say I'm, it's just a side business, I'm selling a thousand dollars a year. Is there a certain point where it says, yep, sales tax is required, but you're under a threshold or anything like that? No, it's, it, that may have been a situation that, it, that occurred a few years back. But in, in, when you take a look at what the states are, the, the, the firing line that the states are involved in from the standpoint of developing infrastructure and supporting law enforcement and schools and whatnot, and 50% of their bottom line budget is sales and use tax, uh, they're not going to give anybody a window. Um, so if you've sold a $40 product to, to somebody in another state, uh, there's, there's distinct possibility that nobody's going to come for you for it. But, you know, why risk it? Why not have it? If you've got an online system or you've got it at your point of sale, you're automatically going to collect that. And uh, at the end of the month, you can, you can, you can basically refer any, any expenses that you had or, or the collections that you had you know, back to that jurisdiction. It's just not something you want to risk. Yep. No, that makes sense. Um, and kind of a parting question, uh, when it comes to sales tax, is there any states as a whole that do not have a sales tax? There are, and I'm going to have to beg off on that one. Uh, it, it changes a lot. A lot of the states have, like Missouri has a unified sales and use tax. They don't have separate jurisdictions. Um, now there is, there is something we could talk about maybe in, in, a, in the next time we're together and that is what is called, um, SST. And what that is, it's a group of States got together. There's like 24, I think that got together and said, Hey, this is getting so complex. Let's put some uniform rules together and let's allow people to file for free. Um, you know, file the returns all their stuff and do it for free so that it gives them a kind of equal footing to large firms that can afford, uh, you know, large accounting firms or internal firms that can calculate sales and use tax. And that's something we can talk about next, but there are a lot of options for small, medium sized businesses that will really kind of alleviate any concerns that you have on, on your, um, your sales, your sales tax requirements. But we also could talk about this, um, the, the SST program, which uh, awful also offers uh, companies free filings, free tax returns, and so forth. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I, this this was a really good episode. Like I said, Dan, when we first started, is that we'll likely you know take listener feedback and dive deeper onto various specific topics that um, listeners kind of want to dig into. But I, this was a, an incredible initial overview, and you know one of the main things that I gathered from our discussion today is that even if you don't think you have a sales tax nexus or you're just unsure of, you're better off doing a nexus uh, exposure 
analysis to see what sales tax you might have to pay. It's going to cost a little bit up front just to get that nexus, you know, just to get that test done. But at least you can know and live easy knowing, hey, I know exactly what I need to collect and I can start collecting. And by just kind of playing the role of I'm not going to think about it or I'm not going to worry about it, definitely is kind of the wrong direction to take when it comes to sales tax. You're much better off being proactive, knowing where you are. And again, once you know where you need to collect sales tax in, that's not an actual fee that you're going to be paying as a company. You're not eating that sales tax cost. That's something that you pass on to your customers. So it's more just about being knowledgeable and understanding of how your specific business is affected by sales tax so you can implement that in your business and make sure that you don't have to stay up at night worrying about, do I need to do this? Or I don't know if I need to do it, so I'm not going to think about it. You can yeah. kind of erase that from your mind. Absolutely, absolutely true. You're dead on target. Awesome. So if people want to learn more about Avalara, like I said, for our, for our listeners out there, we'll likely bring Dan back in the future to drill deeper into specific topics. So send your questions to us. Let us know, based on our conversation here, what information is is, is pertinent to you that we can dive deeper on specific topics that can give you some more clarity on this piece. Uh, but Dan, as far as uh, people, if they want to reach out to you, learn a little more about what they want to need to do, how they can find an exposure or do an exposure test, what would kind of be those next steps for them? Um, the next step would be to reach out to you, Jetro, and then we can set up a discussion real okay. quick. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So if anyone does want to get a test done, wants more information on that, definitely do not hesitate to reach out. And uh, Dan, I, I really appreciate you coming on. This has been really good. I think this is a solid kind of intro to sales tax to help um, our listeners get an understanding about kind of what exposure is out there and kind of what they need to be thinking about as they're running their business. And, and just knowing that there's a team that knows this, there's a team out there in Avalara that can really be their partner in this side of it. So it's not something that they have to undertake themselves. It's something that they can partner with someone to just relieve that stress and pain on that side of their business. That's our job. That's our job. Awesome. Well, thanks Dan for hopping on and we'll see you on a future episode. Thanks guys. I appreciate it, Mike. Thank you very much. Now, one last thing before I go. Don't forget to check out our podcast website at www.taxsavingspodcast.com. That's taxsavingspodcast.com. This is a great resource to go and check out our most recent episodes, as well as find extra items if you want to take what we discuss here and dive deeper. Again, also join our Facebook group where we share tons of value and you have the opportunity to bring situations you are faced with to the table and we'll help you out in that Facebook group and other business owners will support you as well. You can join by simply searching in Facebook for the Small Business Tax Secrets group. Again, it's a Facebook group called Small Business Tax Secrets and there should be a group that pops up that you can join. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast from the team at Jetro. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on and share with other business owners. If you have any questions or future topics you want to hear, email them to tax at jetrotax.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.